Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. We're going we're gonna to uh, continue our series. Mm-hmm. Um, we've asked Eric Farrenkothen to come and speak to us this morning. We kind of like, almost feel like welcoming him up but um, thank you for recording this talk for us um you know we've we we love eric and we love his um faithful heart to folk within our community and to the church family um and the way he and lisa have led us in different ways over the years we've so um so grateful for them so uh we let's pray for eric and ourselves as he comes to share um, what he's going to bring to us this morning. Just continuing our series. And he's, thank you for that reminder. We're going to, uh, we're continuing our series on reconciliation. Um, and uh, so you can, if you want to be prepared, you can get uh, Colossians open. We're going to look at Colossians chapter three together today. And uh, we're looking forward to that. So why don't we pray for him? Mm. Lord, thank you um, for all that Eric has prepared. Lord, we thank you for what he has um, recorded for us. And Lord, we pray that you would use his words to speak into our hearts. Mm. Lord, we want to become more like you. And we thank you for your example. This Mm. wonderful news that you have forgiven and released us and that you have reconciled us. So Lord, we pray that you would help us to become more like you, to change, to transform by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome again to Northridge Vineyard Church. Um, this beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. I'm assuming this has been taped a little bit uh, before it's actually being screened. So I'm hoping that it's going to be a beautiful sunny day. Otherwise, we have a bit of dissonance on the back end over here and what's actually happening outside. So welcome to this beautiful day. Um, my name is Eric Farrenkothen. I have the privilege of being married to Lisa, who as the ad- office administrator for Northridge, and uh, I have absolute privilege being able to have been married to her for a significant time. We actually will be celebrating our 30th wedding anniversary in October, which is a blessing. Those of you out there who have anniversaries, celebrate them because they're a choice birthdays come and go but anniversaries they're a choice so bless you guys um bit of a rabbit hole there i have a number of those i'll be going on but bear with me um we're doing a course um, or a series on reconciliation which was introduced by um chris where he introduced us to this concept through the amazing story which runs through the books of colossians and philemon This is the second rabbit hole. When I first heard that book called Philemon, I thought some Philistine had come along and actually added to the book, which I believe in Revelations is not a very good thing to do. Um, So I went and and had a look and sure enough, the book of Philemon is actually there. Now, the interesting thing thing is that's that's actually a name that comes through um, uh, it's a commonly used name in the colored population in South Africa, um, Philemon. So, but as Chris suggested, the Bible Shop Project, um, there is a, a tremendous resource on YouTube, know a lot more about biblical 
homiletics and extra Jesus and pronunciation of places and names and spaces. So we'll bow to their um, knowledge and we'll call it Philemon. Okay, out of the rabbit hole. So Chris mentioned that the church is a, a species of a species, species, a new pair of lips, please, Lord, a species of its own center around Jesus and intimacy levels um, for based on relationships which started in a, a slave master scenario and against all odds and resolved in a very encouraging brother friend relationship. The layers that we have touched on so far um, are brought by God's plan of reconciliation were brought by Mandy who spoke about reconciling the reconciliation of the world to God. Bonnie spoke on the reconciliation of our past to God. Um, and Rob spoke through the reconciliation of humanity. So today we're going to bring that down a little bit and we're going to be actually be talking about reconciliation of friendships. So in preparing this, I thought, oh my gosh, this is great. It's a fantastic topic. I love relationships. I love friendships. And I've got so many ideas and I started writing them all down. Um, and it was running really, really well until I started listening to everybody else's talks. Well, slowly but surely, each one of my points in the talks that were amazingly brought by Chris and Mandy um, and Bonnie and Rob eroded everything. Literally gone. My sheet was blank. And then Rob actually pressed the COVID button. Now, now I had absolutely nothing. Great. So fortunately, and Rob didn't actually realize this, but um, the key to what I was supposed to be talking about was actually dropped in the presentation that he did. So at, at the end of it, I had one thing left that I could do, and that was to get onto my knees. So for those of you who know this prayer thing, this chatting to Jesus, and letting him know that the rest of humanity has let you down over weeks, and your life is, is spiraling out of control, and now you need answers, well, my Bible, which I call the Ultimate Owner's Manual, in James 4 says that you do not have because you do not ask God. Now, I understand that that carries on. That's not the entire sentence. But for those theologians who might want to check, my motive for this was purely my desire to hear you, Lord, and to say and what it is you're saying that I might partner with you. So I obviously cannot do this on my own, and I certainly do not want to rely on what, on the way which seems right to a man. Be careful what you ask for in prayer. The overriding message to me was this, and I will read it. I have dealt with the reconciliation of the world I have given you the means to reconcile your past and I have already reconciled humanity back to me. This was all done by placing my child on the cross for it all. Wow. But then I heard this. Individuals in my church 
I have given you the means to reconcile your friendships. Look to the ways of the one I sent and simply do what he did. The rest is up to you. It boils down to what the choice of your will is. Do you align with me, the life-giving God, or do you align with darkness, your choice? I mentioned Rob's talk um, that he was doing last week and, and the point that struck me while he was talking were the very things that were referred to that we are to put to death in ourselves, all listed in Corinthians 3 verse 5. And the things that we must rid ourselves of, sorry, the things that you must rid yourselves of in verse 8. So these are the choices that we are to make. Um, that is according to the wording from Jesus. It says, for you to put to death in yourselves and the things you must rid yourselves of. It's not for him to do these things. He's provided us the means and the instruction. Jesus has told you to actually do it yourself. So, in other words, your choice will determine the outcome of your friendships, be they broken or not. Hmm, that's pretty simple, isn't it? Maybe not. With that, let's read the scripture, um, the truth that will guide us in managing our friendships and ultimately our choices. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, passionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The items in this that jumped out of me um, in the text, you know, God talks about chosen ones, holy and beloved. This is your identity. This is who he says that you are, not who you think you are. He says that you are my chosen ones. You are holy and beloved. These are the choices that you have compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, and bearing with one another. If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must forgive. There is another choice in terms of, sorry, this is another, this concept of forgiveness this concept of, of forgiveness that the Lord has raised in here is another, it's, it's another question to ponder quite deeply. And that is just how forgiven do you think that you are? I've always, you know, joked, but if you try and compare it with being pregnant, either you're pregnant 
or you're not. Either you're forgiven or you're not. Again, this is a choice. Now, my understanding is that Jesus has said that his blood was shed for, shed for all and it seals within, a, within, within us our forgiveness forever. And for me, that is enough. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. Above all, love, which binds these things together in harmony. I love that word, harmony. To me, it means that all of this exists together. The compassionate hearts, the kindness, the meekness, the humility, the patience, the bearing with one another, the forgiveness. Everything works at the same time and complements everything else at the same heavenly beat. It's the picture of peace. It's, it's shalom, that beautiful pregnant word shalom, which is all encompassing of this. The other word is to be thankful. To me, this is when you have a posture of being thankful. You actually recognize that whatever was given to you, you did not own in the first place. And you did not do this for yourself in the first place. Having a compassionate heart, a kind heart, a, humility, a, a posture of humility, meekness and patience. These are things that are kingdom gifts that will be embedded into you as you practice them and as you choose to have them in your life. Thank you, Lord. They're from him. And then you get the rest of that scripture, which is, you know, let the word of the Lord dwell in you richly, teaching you and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and spiritual songs and having thankfulness again in your heart. And whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is the perfect plan. Now, I recognize that not everything runs in perfect harmony all the time. And that we are in what we will call a cosmic battle. This is the battle against the kingdom of Jesus and everything that stands for it. Where the dark and the evil realm that is 100% against you will try in every way that it can to influence you, not only your family, but you, your family and your friendships. Some choose to partner with this and some choose to be simply influenced by it. This is the realm that has actually been defeated in Christ. However, it is not entirely de-worshipped and therefore has a presence. So what does this mean? In the space of relationships and friendships, it means disagreement, which should you allow it, will lead to division and separation. We have been wonderfully and beautifully and fearfully made by God with the God-given freedom of choice. We can choose in any situation whether we should be offended, happy, glad, mad, frustrated, joyful, infuriated, infuriated, big words. So let's put it another way. You have the power to allow somebody else to offend you, to make you happy, to make you sad, to make you glad. And these are the things which God refers to that we can choose to either put on or to put off. The other thing is that in your friendships and your relationships, you have the power to manage the people in your life or out of your life. 
those that you might find a little bit irritating or that you just don't necessarily like, you have the power to manage these people out of your life. I will suggest to you that if these people do come into your life, that they are there for a purpose and that potentially they are in a scenario where the Lord has put them there in, 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 a, in essence an assignment that there is something that you yourself are in a position that you need to learn. If you choose to exclude these people from your life, the lesson that you were or could have learned in two hours might end up taking two or three weeks to learn. So a mental posture, a choice again. Do you actually include these people in your life and work through the relationship aspects of what's going on or the irritations and actually sit down then with yourself and have a bit of a look inside, not too long, but have a bit of a look inside in terms of what is going on in my life that I would need to manage in myself in order for this friendship to work? What are the things that I'm allowing that person to make me take the posture of irritation or joy or hurt or whatever the case may be are these things that I need to actually learn for myself and you have an opportunity to work through all of these things um, in the manner that the Lord has actually provided for you. Okay so if we decide to go down the road where either party has decided to become offended and it is unresolved, it will end up in the place that the devil wants. Polar opposites, whether we are right or wrong. And this is something that we need to understand that it doesn't matter whether you are right or wrong. As long as you disagree, the devil is happy. You can be extremely right and extremely wrong. It doesn't matter. You both think you're right, you disagree, division. Devil's plan. This is his agenda, division. The way of defeating these schemes is to follow the advice that we've been given. We choose reconciliation, not division and separation. We choose to be the one with the compassionate heart. We choose kindness, humility, meekness, etc. We choose forgiveness. We choose love. So this is another little rabbit hole that came to me. Um, an aspect that was raised a little bit earlier was the fact that we are fearfully, wonderfully and beautifully made with God-given freedom of choice. We are all chosen. However, it is up to us by a choice of our will to choose God back. He has given us a heart to know him but the choice to invite him in is still ours. What I see in the situation that we are currently finding ourselves in, and I'm talking as not only a community, but a city and nation and potentially the world at the moment, is that individuals' freedom to choose has been targeted and is being eroded. For all of us who find ourselves in the middle of all of this, this situation, above all else, we have to, we need to, we depend on keeping our eyes on Jesus. I believe 
um, Bill Johnson did a series or in part of a series he spoke over last weekend and he was talking about us in being invited to the table. To, he makes a place for he, us in the presence of his enemies. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. If we take a posture of actually letting our eyes fall and to be come impressed with what the devil is doing, whatever that may be, we've taken our eyes off Jesus. We will then have a posture of division that comes into our hearts. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. So reconciliation of the friendships is our choice. But how can we do it? In prayer, we partner with God, with what God has in place um, and instructed us on. We put on what he has given us and we put off what he does not want us to partner with. This will lead to conversation and interactions. And if these are done in a manner in which he has instructed, with this, a compassionate heart, listening and actually hearing what the other person or people are saying, with kindness, allowing sentences to finish, in humility, and I want to say in this situation, this humility is actually to be who he says you are. Corinthians 1.22 says this, But he now has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without a blemish and free from accusation. Stand on what Jesus says. This is who he says you are. Operating out of this place is actually being humble. It's not a prideful act. You are not being who you think you are. You are being who he says you are. That is a place of humility. We do this in meekness. And we realize that heaven will and does do what have, sorry, we realize what heaven will do and what heaven has done in the situation on your behalf. And we do this in patience. This is where we practice that gift called the pause button, self-control. Allow the other person to finish. Allow the points to be made. Listen, take notes if need be, and respond accordingly. Stick to the subject and don't let egos get in the way. And bearing with one another. This, to me, is not tolerating one another. There was somewhere along the lines, um, somebody said, I love you, but I don't like you. This strikes me as odd, because if God said that to me, I would understand that I was being tolerated. I love you, but I don't like you. I don't think that that is the way that he treats us or teaches us or has a posture towards us. He loves us. Agape. End of story. That's the place that we respond out of. That's the place that we bear with one another from and in forgiveness. I also might suggest that as a, as a believer, we do partake in the sacred act of communion. And this is an ideal opportunity when we, before breaking the bread and taking the wine and communing with our Lord. But this is an ideal opportunity to be able to bless your enemies. And if they do not know Jesus, 
there's a scripture in Jeremiah, I think it's either 26 or 28, which talks about God giving that person a heart to know him. So bless our enemies. We ask the Lord to give them a heart to know him and we go down that road. On a side note again, there is a document that Northridge um, has put together, a, a plan in reconciliation, in seeking peace, in managing relationships. But I would say on that document, please have a chat to either Bonnie or Rob or send an email to Northridge and I'm sure they will be able to direct you to that resource, which will be able to, to help you if you're in a situation where you need um, reconciliation. And finally, 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 I read a little bit further in Colossians and I think this is an absolute ideal way to end this talk. Colossians 4 verse 6 says, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. I bless that to you. I bless that to me. I pray that this will be the way that we talk to our friends and do relationship in a reconciled manner. I love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Eric. That was really good wisdom yeah. um, and insight there. I think um, I think there's quite a lot to chew to chew yeah. over, yeah. and um, I think particularly in this season, um, it's been so it's so important to remember. Um, I think when just the things that God calls us to compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. um, mm. That really struck me. <laughs> I need lots of that thought. Um, I think it'd be good just to take a couple of minutes. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to yep. come and deepen the things that have settled on our heart as we listen to Eric. Um, and let's just wait on him. Yeah. Um, so do open your hands or in some way posture yourself uh, in a way that um, just communicates that you're open to the Lord, whatever that looks like for you. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. Mm. We thank you for your heart in reconciling mm. us together in our friendships and relationships. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I know that you know that it's a tough season right now. And there are tough things going on uh, on all levels. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, <clears throat> especially when we <clears throat> when we reflect on how much you've given us. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. We re we reflect on all that you have done and all mm. that um all that grace that you've shown us lord mm. and we are so grateful that your holy spirit allows us mm. to do what you did yes lord. that it that it brings us hope that it's not just um you that um can do these things but we can do these things through your power in us mm. today and so lord we ask for that power in us mm. to animate us lord mm. to free us to forgive Yes. To release us to reconcile with each other. Yes. Lord, we ask for that power to overcome 
the part of us that doesn't want to give in, doesn't want to let give way. And Lord, help us in our weakness, we pray today. Lord, so many of us, we feel weak in this. It's hard. It's really hard. But we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Mm. And we rely on him. Holy Spirit, come. Mm. Give us fresh power today. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Mm. And Lord, I just pray for those um, who through Eric's talk that you've pushed, you put your finger on something. Mm. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a time when they um, haven't been forgiven, forgiving or when they've mm. been harsh or... Uh, not being patient or maybe it's where they've been hurt by other people's reactions. Lord, I just pray right now you would come and minister to that space. Mm. Lord, I pray that you would show each person wisdom as to what the next step forward is, Lord. Um, what it looks like to be reconciled in a healthy way. Mm. Lord, come and minister and heal. And I just... Um, I just had these three words earlier on in terms of this and that some people need uh, just a balm, soothing balm of God's love mm. um, where there's been hurt and where there's been pain, um, where there's anxiety, where there's fear. Lord, that you would bring your balm of love, mm. that you would also bring just your wisdom, Lord, incredible wisdom for people in each and every situation. And then over that, Lord, you would pour your refreshing grace that would hold all these things. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.